out to the book of Matthew chapter 7. Our pastor is away on holidays, uh, so we'll be bringing the message this morning. Uh, now, there's a bit of a race going on this morning between the end of this sermon and the end of my voice, and it may all come right at the same time. Uh, so we'll just see what happens. We'll see what happens. But turn to Matthew chapter 7, and then let's pray and ask the Lord for help. And then we'll begin. Matthew chapter 7. All right, let's pray. Our Lord and our God, dear Heavenly Father, what love? What love have you shown to us, Lord? What love should we give back to you? Lord, we're grateful for this good day you've given us to sing your praise and worship. We're grateful for this good day in which we can come and hear your word. Lord, we, we do ask for your help now. I ask that your Holy Spirit would take your word and work a good work in the lives of the believer here today, Lord, and, and the unbeliever, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. What place is there for good works in the year 2018? What place is there for good works this year? You're going to do many works this year. Uh, if it's a work that God would describe in the Bible as good, then that is a good work. Uh, you go out of your way to help someone in trouble, that is a good work. You go out of your way to get somebody in trouble, and the Bible would say that is an evil work. And this year you will be working. You will be working, doing things all the time. Humans are doing creatures. We get things done for good or for evil, but you will be working in 2018. And this morning, we will concern ourselves with good works. What is the place of good works in 2018? Well, first, I would speak to those of you that are here that are unbelievers. Firstly, if you're here and you know, if someone said to you on the census, are you a Christian? You'd say, no. Are you a follower of Christ? No, not me. Uh, definitely not. Those of you who know uh, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You certainly wouldn't be dying for this. Uh, we're glad you're here. We're glad you've came. And the Scriptures have something to say to you this morning. And if you're not, if you're not a Christian, uh, then when you start to talk with good, about good works with somebody who's not a Christian, then, then usually the answer comes back. If you said to people, well, what do you think about doing good works? Uh, most people are generally in favor of that. Generally in favor. I, they'd say, look, uh, good works, uh, I feel really good when I do them. Uh, they, they really make me feel nice when I do good works. They give me a sense of purpose. I love being down there with the rotary, fixing stuff up over there. It's, 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 it's good for society. It's good for Australia. Uh, they make me a good citizen when I do good works. They make me a good spouse, a good friend. Uh, and many Aussies would agree with you there. You're actually not wrong. Uh, good works is a blessing to everybody, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. But were you to die this year? Were you to die in the year 2018, were this to be the final year of your life, you know on the tombstone how it starts out with your birth date, but then there's another date at the end, and hitherto it has never, never been you. Uh, one day there will be that tombstone there, and there will be a date at the end, and were it for you 2018, this year, and you do not know Christ, well, good works would take on a whole new, a whole new aspect for you, a whole new aspect for you. Uh, good works would become your immediate focus were you to die. And you, good works will be the only pillar you will have to lean on when you come before God. You're going to talk to Him about your good works. Uh, in the Bible, Jesus uh, tells us about people in that last day when they stand before God for judgment that want to talk about their good works and say something to God about it. Uh, if you look down there, you're in Matthew chapter 7, look at verse 22. Look at verse 22. And Jesus says this, he said, Many will say to me in that day, in that day of judgment, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. These are non-Christians. 
facing the final judgment, and their primary defense is the good works that they did when they were alive. Uh, that's, what they're, that's what they're trying to remind the Lord of. And that's what you will do. You will bring up the good things that you have done. You will hope that God will go easy on you for the good works that you did, and obviously uh, that that will hopefully balance out all, the, all the, the bad things that you have done. And the hope will be that God will acquit you. And that's the place the good works will have for you in 2018 if this is your final year on this planet and you die without becoming a Christian, without giving your life to Jesus. But given that these good works will form the cornerstone of your defense before God, it is important that you understand how God views them. What does God think of those good works? What is his opinion? What esteem does he hold it in? Uh, you know, you, you can try telling a, a toddler that it needs to obey you because you have a PhD, but the toddler holds a PhD in no esteem whatsoever and they will disregard you. If you're going to try to convince someone, you've got to have something that they will regard, something that matters to them, something that means something. What will your good works mean to God if you're not a Christian and you die today and that is your defense before Him? Well, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 64, we have our answer. In verse 6, it says this, But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses, all our good works, are as filthy rags, are as filthy rags. If you were to lean on your good works in 2018 to enter heaven and to placate the wrath of God on the day of judgment, then you must understand that all those good works are as filthy rags. Now, I'm not talking about the bad things that you did. I'm talking about you at your best. I'm talking about your A game. What does God think about that time when you sacrificed, that time when you gave the kidney, that time when you ran in front of the car and pushed the kid out of the way and you took the hit and that's why you're before God? Surely that's going to count for something. I don't have Jesus, but I do have these good works. Uh, what do you think of these good works, Lord? Answer, they are like filthy rags. They are like filthy rags. And that's before we get to the sins, the millions upon millions that we have forgotten, that we can't even remember having done. But we are so far from measuring up to God's perfect standard that even our best is as filthy rags. And I trust you understand what the Bible is talking about there when it refers to filthy rags. I'll be, I'll be as delicate about it as I can, but a lot of people think that's chucks. Like, you know, or, you know you, you try and measure the oil and you take the oil off that... That isn't what it is. It's referring to a, a cloth that has been used to collect menstrual fluid. It is cloth that is designed uh, to do an unclean thing, to be taken and then to be, to be thrown out. In the Jewish system, anybody that touched that cloth was unclean. They had to go outside the camp. When, 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 the woman, when that time of the month was upon the woman, she had to go and make a sacrifice when she was done. She had to be separate. Uh, nobody wants those cloths. Nobody is interested in them. If you got into a lot of trouble uh, with the law today and when it came for your time for you to offer your, you, you know, say your part because you're in a lot of trouble, you want to say something, if you were to take a bloodied cloth like that and pass it to the judge, it will not go well with you. He does not want that. Nobody wants that. Nobody is interested in that. And that's your good works when you go before God. If that's your defense, that's what you're going to offer him in the hope that it will placate him. It will not placate him. Your A game is filthy rags. And where does your sins rate if your good deeds are all the way down here? What is the place for good works in 2018 when it comes to your salvation? The answer is no place. They have no place in your salvation. They will not help you. They didn't help these people that we're looking at in our verse here this morning, despite them having done some spiritual and religious stuff. 
as well as some wonderful works. And Jesus doesn't say that they didn't do, they didn't do good works. Jesus, in his rejection of them, tells us what salvation is truly based upon. Read verse 23 with me. Look down there. Jesus says, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Knowledge of Jesus is what gets you saved. And then look at this. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. When you get before God, you're going to want to talk about your good works that you've done, and you have done some. But Jesus wants to talk about, did you know me, and then your iniquity, the sins that you did. And I'm telling you, it doesn't balance out. God demands perfection, will accept nothing less. And the only way as a human to come before God perfect and holy and righteous is to have Jesus Christ's righteousness, to know Jesus. And when that happens, when you know Jesus, when you go before God, you won't be saying anything about your, your works or your righteousness. Jesus will say, he's mine, I know him. And then his righteousness is what God will judge you on, his perfect score. And then you will enter in. Then you will enter in. Salvation is based upon the knowledge of Jesus Christ. When a man or a woman gives their life to Christ, then they know Jesus and Jesus knows them. Jesus, he takes their righteousness, he takes your filthy rags and he gives you back his perfect record. That is your only chance in the last and great day when you go before God. Now, if you turn with me, please, we'll go across to Ephesians chapter 2. And we'll read from verse 8 and we'll follow it through to its conclusion. <clears throat> if you're here this morning and you do not know the Lord... And if you can understand what's been said so far, then you're already set up to believe and understand the first part of this verse. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. If you don't have a Bible, grab the person beside you. Look over their shoulder. It says this. For by grace are ye saved. When you realize that even your best offer of works is actually offensive to God, then you realize that actually you want God to be gracious to you. You're not saying, here's my works, does that count? You're saying, please, be gracious to me, be, be merciful to me. Uh, and God's gracious offer is Jesus Christ, given to the undeserving to, to save them from their punishment. How do you get Jesus? Well, the verse continues to explain it. It says, for by grace are ye saved through faith. You can have Christ this morning if you are willing to put your faith, your wholehearted trust in him to save you from your sins. Read with me further. It says this, and that not of yourselves... It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you can accept that you need the grace of God because your good works will not cut it. And if you can accept that it's a gift, you can't work to get it, but you just have to receive what God has given you. If you can accept it's not something that you deserve or can work for or can boast about. And if you ask Christ to save you from your sins, and the Bible promises you that you will be saved this very day, this very hour, this very minute, it is an instantaneous transaction. What place is there in 2018 for your good works? If you're not saved this morning, then there is no place. You must admit that even at your best, you come nowhere near God's demand for perfection. And you must ask Jesus to take your life and give you his perfect righteousness in exchange. There is no place in 2018 for your works if you would be saved this morning. Now that is to the unbeliever, to those of you that are not Christians. But many of us here are believers. We have already done this. We know, you know by experience what I'm describing here. What if we are saved? What is the place of good works for the believer in 2018? Well, read our verse. Uh, we just read verse 8 and 9. Go down and look at verse 10. 
Verse 10 speaks to the believer who has already trusted Christ. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. What is the place for good works for the believer in 2018? Well, you ever heard a bloke that's really good at something and he says something along the lines of, mate, I was born for this. I was born for this. This is something that I do well, something that comes naturally to me. <coughs> I feel like I was designed for it. Well, Christian, you've been reborn for this. Reborn for this. It says this, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. What is the place for good works for the believer in 2018? We were born again for them. When we trusted Christ, we were recreated to work the works of God. God has already ordained, he has already planned out and laid out a course of good works that he expects us And he wants us to carry out. That's why he's given us his Holy Spirit to carry it out. And here comes the end of the voice. (coughs) There's something for us to do deliberately, not by accident. There's something for us to get fired up about. Uh, In Titus, we're we're described why Jesus has purified us and what he has purified us for. He says this, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity, And purify unto himself a peculiar people, a peculiar people, zealous for good works. What place do good works have in 2018? They are something to urge each other on towards. God told lay people, if you're here, you're not a pastor. God has given you an instruction to consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. We're to actually actively provoke each other. I don't know any of you here that have had a little brother. I remember my brother poking me in the ribs. Come to the park with me, man. Come to the park with me, man. Come to the park with me, man. And all of you that have had that experience, you know, you want to start rolling up the sleeves. He's deliberately trying to provoke me to reaction. Well, we're commanded here to provoke provoke each other to good works. You have God's permission. Most of you here today are going to be going home in cars, and there will be a conversation happening in that car. And that is your primary opportunity to begin as a family provoking one another. Mothers, ask your daughters, provoke them. Husbands, ask your wife in the car on the way home, um, babe, what, what, what good work are, are you planning on doing this year? What are you going to do? Half of the caffeine addicts here, you're going to end up over there in that coffee shop. What are you going to talk about? Provoke one another to good works. Uh, just, just ask the question, what, what will it hurt? Hey, what, bro, what's your plan this year? What are you going to be doing? I, I have mine. I know the things that I want to get done this year for the Lord, and it's not wrong to talk about it, it's not wrong to provoke each other about it. Pastors are told uh, to nag you about this. In Titus 3.8 it says, This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Now, God wants preachers to keep affirming that God's people need to be careful to maintain good works. You notice that term, maintain? Not just start, but to start... Be careful about it, so watch it, keep it going, keep it, keep it happening, keep it rolling along. Now, you might say of good works, well, look, you've used that term a lot, good works, but what does that mean? What, what do you mean by a good work? Well, let me give you just direct examples from the Scriptures. I'll limit myself only to the ones from the Bible. First up, we have sharing the gospel. Sharing the gospel is a good work. It is indeed the best work. Um, 
the best work. Uh, I'll give you a recount of five, five men talking, or five men and a recount of their talk, uh, and they agreed to go tell others about Christ, and they were hashing out who's going where. In Galatians 2.9 we read, And when James, Cephas, and John, there's three lads, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, that's Paul talking, they gave to me and Barnabas, there's your other two lads, the right hand of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. So they agreed, here, look, us three, we're going to go hit up the Jews. We're going to tell them about Jesus, tell them how they can be saved. Uh, you two, you go hit up the Gentiles. And they're organizing. They are being careful to do a good work. And that good work is the sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is the greatest of the good works you can do. And that might be your answer today in the car ride home when the question is asked, uh, what good works are we going to be doing this year, Dad? Well, well Tim, uh, we're going to be giving out tracks this year. And, and we're gonna, I'm going to try and work, witness to everyone at my work, and I want you to try to witness to every kid in your class. And that's just going to be our goal. That's what we want to do. But we're going to tell others about Christ. And that is the greatest of the good works. But there's something else that they go on to talk about. In the next verse, right after they've described how they're going to go and share the gospel and do that great work, in verse 10 it says this, Only they would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to do. So the first three lads... James, Cephas, and John said, look, you guys go spread the gospel, but you are going to look after the poor as you go, right? You are going to do that. And, and Paul's answer was, yeah, yeah, hey, I'm keen for that as well. Now, there is a version of Christianity that basically strips out Christ, strips out hell, strips out salvation, and just says, as Christians, we're called to do good things. It's called the social gospel. I don't call it that because it is no gospel. Uh, but it's the idea that we are just called to help the poor, and we are not. But Christians have always been marked by care and compassion for the poor. And one of the good works we are called to in 2018 is to give to the poor, to give to the poor. Now, I don't want you ever to think this, which is, well, look, uh, I don't want to get, you know, they're, they're not exactly, this guy here, okay, he may be poor, but he's not exactly a fantastic manager of finances. Uh, so if he gets his act together, if he gets his game together, I might give him something. That is not how Christ operated. Uh, in fact, that's like saying he's very hungry, but when he makes himself a five-course meal, then I'll give him some food. Uh, we are called to give to the poor, uh, just, just to help them. You say, well, it may only help for a day. It may only help for two days. It doesn't matter. If they are poor, we as Christians are called to give to them. Uh, and in doing so, we are just like God. Are we not poor? Are humans not poor creatures that God gave good gifts to? Despite many errors, we are. We are called to give to the poor. In Hebrews 13, verse 16, it says, But to do good and to communicate, forget not. With such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Good works and givings are sacrifices for the God who saved us, and with these, God is well pleased. Do everything you can to do these things, to share the gospel. Do everything you can to do good works and to give, uh, but also do everything you can to hide it as much as you can, to hide it as much as you can. Jesus warned us about our propensity to do things and to do it so that others think we're top staff. You know, like, hey, mate, what are you, what are you doing? How, how was your weekend? What were you doing while I was down there uh, at the soup kitchen and looking after the sick puppies? What were, what were you doing this weekend? Uh, and, and that's that desire to do a good work, but to be seen to do it. There were people that did that in the Bible. Uh, at the time, it was seen to be a top bloke to be a prayer. So you'd head on over to a street corner. A lot of people here. Four hands up all the way. And then you just start praying out loud, and people would walk past and think, that guy, look at that guy. And they'd think, this guy is very spiritual, and, and obviously he, he's got something going on that I don't. And it was actually quite impressive. You do that in our society, uh, and 
probably fit right in the Queen Street Mall, but they'll think you're nuts. Uh, but in that society, it was something that was seen to be a very good work to do. And we're warned in this. In Matthew 6.1, it says, Take heed that ye do not your arms before men to be seen of them, otherwise ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Uh, we're warned, don't do that. Now, conversely, and this used to confuse me greatly, we are told, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And I thought, well, that's confusing. I'm supposed to do good works so people will see it and get saved, but I'm also supposed to hide it when I do good works. Well, which is it? What would the Lord have us to do? And the, the sure and safe guide is this one. If you're doing a good work and you don't want anybody else to know, that's probably something that you should shine out and let's see. Now, if you're doing a good work and you do want everybody else to know, that's one that you should hide. I remember the pastor that taught me that was a man named John Legg. And he was going to school, to high school in Ireland. Uh, and and he, wanted, he wanted to tell other kids about Jesus. But he said, ooh, I don't... It's not going to make me popular if I do that. Uh, and he said, I felt this great desire to hide to hide the fact that I was a Christian. And he read that verse, so should do your good deeds before men. So he decided, he took a little pin, and he stuck it on his shirt, and he just said, Christian, that's all. And every time people said to him, hey, Christian, he said, sorry, that's not my name, my name's John. I said, well, why have you got Christian written on his shirt? He said, because I'm a Christian. Are you a Christian? And he'd go from there. Now, he said, oh, that was, he said, that did not help me socially. He said, but what that did was that nailed my colours to the mast. I wanted to hide the fact that I was a Christian, and so I knew that's something the Lord wanted me to just show out. But then there's times when you've got the free $100 bills, you know the green ones? I don't see many of them, uh, but you, know, you always notice them when you do, and there's that temptation. I, I want to give this, uh, and goodness, it would be nice to be known to be the guy that did give $300 to that lady. When that temptation comes upon you, the Scriptures would say, hide it, hide it. If your flesh wants it out... Pull it in. If your flesh wants it hidden and doesn't want others to know, get it out there. Remember Brendan Ike, the CEO of Mozilla, uh, gave several thousand dollars to an organization that was opposing same-sex marriage in California. Uh, and he, he gave that, uh, but he declared it publicly that he had done so. And that cost him his job. It would have been much easier for him to have hidden it, to have done it secretly, to not have declared it on his tax file number so that nobody could track that back to him. Uh, and so there was a temptation, he, he did a good work, but what was the temptation for him? Hide it, don't let anybody find out or know. The Bible says, show it out, show it out. So we have the good work of evangelism, we have the good work of giving, we have the good work of laboring and spending of time. Turn with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, we'll read from verse 27. In verse 27, it says this, it says, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. And that might be your answer in the car home. Kids, uh, this year, Mum is going to be dropping in on some folks that are doing it tough, visiting the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. Uh, it, might be, it might be their home, might be the hospital, might be the prison, uh, but you'll just, be, you'll just be going out of your way to be there when people are down, to be there when people are down. And that, that is a good work. Uh, those are good things to be done. But this verse continues with another. So I've given you a list of three good works that most people would acknowledge that is good. The verse continues with another. It says, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. 
It goes on to list another good work, and that is purging yourself from the things in the world that stain you. And it must be done. The purging must be done. Now, I have gone too far on this before. I remember one holiday, as I said to my wife, I am not going to uh, partake in any form of entertainment this holidays whatsoever. I will not read. I will not watch. I will not play. I will not listen. Uh, all I'm going to try to do is just read my Bible and do good things. Uh, and I ended up getting terribly bored and being very grumpy and irritable the whole time. Uh, and I remember her just looking at me, and I was thinking, I don't, I don't think she likes me. <laughs> and then I thought, I don't like me. I don't like me. Uh, I, I, I had tried to just, you know, that whole thought where you go to spend $5 on a coffee with your wife, but you think, oh, I probably should give this to missions. That's not a healthy approach uh, to the things of the Lord. The Lord has created all good things for us to enjoy, but there are things that creep into our life as a Christian all the time, and they must be purged. They must just be removed from your life. And that, that may be your conversation in the car home today. It may be, Kids, we're not going to be listening to that station anymore. Just, we're just not going to do it. Doesn't please the Lord. Uh, John, uh, we're going to need to find something else to play on the Xbox. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find something else, but we're going to need something else. Uh, Sally, look, we're just going to sit down. Let's just go through your wardrobe, uh, and, and we'll just, everything here, that, we're going to make sure everything in there pleases the Lord. That's what we're going to be doing. Uh, nothing that could cause a brother to stumble. Babe, I've been spending way too much time just trying to climb the ladder at work. I want to get to the top. I want to make another 100K. And it's just got to stop. I've got, I got to get it back in order. It's something from the world that I want, but that's going to be my goal. Dale, I want to do my devotions in the morning, but every time I just grab my phone straight up and I'm, and I'm on Facebook looking at what everyone else is doing. Uh, I think I just need to take a break. Uh, but whatever it is, you will know what it is for you. Something in your life that you know there's me, there's God, there's my relationship, and that keeps getting in the way. And that's actually a good work for you to purge that, for you to clean that, for you to remove that. Uh, and and uh, it says this in 2 Timothy 2, uh, 21. It's actually one of the good works that you can do that will snowball. It will snowball for you. You do that good work, it will lead to other good works happening. Uh, and 2 Timothy 2, 21, it says, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honour, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. It will prepare you for other good works. It is a snowball. Your purge, you purge and your capacity for good works and use for the master basically goes up. It will be different for each person. But every believer in this room will have something they know needs to go. And once it's gone, then you'll know, then you'll need to have something else to fill it up. Something else to fill it up. What is that thing? What is that good work that you will dedicate yourself to in 2018? Now, it may be that you came into 2018 already knowing what you wanted to do for the Lord. You may have already had in your mind, these good things I will do for the Lord. And if that is you, my only encouragement to you this morning is to keep going and, and prepare for your reward. There will be a reward for that in heaven of God. Uh, my encouragement to you is the one found in Galatians 6, 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Keep going, keep going. If you are a believer, but you, you really just sort of uh, rolled into the new year, without, without thinking about what am I going to do this year? What, what will I do for the Lord Jesus? Uh, then my encouragement to you this morning would be, first of all, thank Him for prompting you about that. It is good when the Lord just taps you on the shoulder, taps you on the shoulder and points you towards something. But then I want you to resolve in your heart to follow the Holy Spirit wherever He would lead you with your works this year. 
God doesn't view the good works of Christians as filthy rags. Now, He will if you start to rely on that as, as what will make you right with God. But actually, these good works from a Christian in God's eyes, they are sacrifices made to Him. They are offerings made to Him. They are fruits of His Spirit working in your life. If you are a believer here this morning and the Lord has put it on your heart to do some good work for Him in 2018, then my encouragement to you is, is to come, uh, is to commit to the Lord Jesus your labours uh, and ask Him to bless them. Now, if you are here this morning uh, and you aren't a Christian and you want to do good works that will be accepted by God, then I have good news for you. And I have met people that have said, I just, I want to do good. They weren't Christians, but they're like, I want to help. Uh, there's a reason people go sign up for NGOs and go to other countries and try to do good works. They want to do some good works. And if you, you want to do good works, uh, well, th- there are other people who are just like you who weren't Christians and who said, I want to do good works. They actually asked that direct question to Jesus. What might we do that we might work the works of God? You know what it's like when you've got a question? It's a real weird one. It's a real uh, odd one. So you go to Google, you start typing in the question, and then boom. The whole thing appears, somebody else has asked it, you do a search and there's about 15 million other people that have asked the exact same question and, and the answer is sitting there waiting for you. Well, if you would do good works this morning and you were not a Christian, uh, then Jesus was asked that question. Then they said unto Jesus, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? And back came the answer in verse 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, this is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he hath sent. So Jesus came straight back with, oh, you want to do good things? Okay, well, I want you to go out there and start giving money. I want you to go out there and start doing some good He didn't go anywhere near that. When they said, who, those who weren't Christians, I want to do good works, what do I do? He said, here's your good work, first one. Believe on him who hath, who hath sent me. Believe on me. Believe on God. Put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you were here this morning and you would believe on Jesus Christ to be saved, and I'd encourage you when the service is done uh, to seek me out. I'll be, waiting, I'll be waiting down here at the front, uh, but I'd encourage you to come to this altar uh, and, 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 and speak and say, how, how can I work the works of God? You've, set, you've talked about putting your trust in Jesus Christ. How can that thing be done? And if you would do that, then we can show you from the Bible how you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are Christ's and Christ is yours. Let's leave it there, brethren, before the voice goes. Let's pray. We thank you, our Lord and our God, for this good day that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for getting my voice through that sermon. Lord, I thank you for your wonderful promise in the Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation can be obtained. A home can be made in heaven. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is within us, that prompts us, causes us to do good works. Lord, lead us to those good works this year, we pray, that bring you the most glory and honour. Father, whether it be something here in this church, laboring here, something done to others as we meet them in the street, Lord God, use us. Let us be your hand and feet. Let others see the Lord Jesus through us and through our actions, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.